What is this? For the masses. Welcome to the For the Masses podcast. My name is John Barrett, your host. I want to say welcome to all the new listeners and to the old listeners. Thank you. It means the world to me. This is episode seven. Numbers keep going up and it's progress, it's progress, it's progress. So I'm super excited. I got a new mic courtesy of my buddy Jamie Kane over at Liberty Uninterrupted. And I want to say thank you, Jamie. But I'm still looking for some cool music for an intro. My buddy Zay Crazy is sending me some over. So prayerfully we have some for episode eight. But before we get into the episode, I want to go over some admin tasks because we do what we got to do, right? So IG, follow us on IG at For The Masses Podcast, underscore For The Masses Podcast. Same with Facebook, at For The Masses Podcast. And this is a more of a newer development, but we have a YouTube, at For The Masses Podcast on YouTube, okay? I'll be posting interviews there live so people can see as well as listen. And I'll be also doing vlogs and one-offs and some cool stuff on there. So again, that's YouTube, at For The Masses Okay, so episode seven, I'm super excited to have Coach Jerry Bowen. He's the head wrestling coach at Davis and Elkins College. He has a plethora of experience coaching from grades K through 12. Um, He's just an amazing leader, amazing mentor, and I'm grateful to have him as a mentor and as a brother. So thank you, Coach Bowen, for joining us on the podcast. Let's get into the episode for the Masses podcast. Coach Bowen, what's up? Coach Barrett, what's up, my man? I'm doing well. You like that? You like the countdown? That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. You're the first so, person that got the con- the countdown. It's so inspiring. I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> actually, 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 that's, I, I'm ready to wrestle a match right now. To be honest, that's with what you. I'm saying. Bro. I was ready. <laughs> nah, but uh, like it just speaks volume to like having you on a, on the show. Super grateful, and you know, I, I definitely don't take it lightly that you took the time out to like jump on the podcast. I'm honored. I'm honored to be on, man. I appreciate you uh, asking me to be on. No doubt. So, Coach Bowen, like I said, like me and you met. You were the head coach of the coaching staff that I was a part of. That I was grateful to be a part of. But obviously, we met later on in life. But so, how was your how was your background? Like, where where you come from? Like, where were you born? Where were you raised? Where do you start wrestling at? All of the above. So, born and raised in the uh, in the uh, Philadelphia area. Spent the majority of my life in South Jersey, like you know, fifteen miles outside of Philadelphia. My wife and she's from you know, north of Philadelphia, about fifteen miles north of Philadelphia. So, we're both you know born and raised in that area. You know, we you know, I went to Camden Catholic High School. I actually lived in California for a year. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna need a whole separate podcast to, to to go over that. So we'll just skip that here. But um, you know, it was only for one year, my junior year in high school. Or my junior year in high school, I wrestled all four years in high school, state tournament all four years. I only placed once, but you know, I don't know if bad draw is the is the word you look look at. But like all of my losses in the state tournament are to uh, wrestlers that placed third or higher. Yeah. So so I just you know, I just felt like I was at all, I was right there. But you know, in Jersey or Pennsylvania. Jersey, Jersey. I lost uh, my freshman year. I lost the runner up. My sophomore year, I lost a third place guy, and there was no wrestlebacks at that time. Um, my junior year in California, I lost to the champ in, a, in the quarterfinals, and I lost to the third place kid in the blood round. And then um, my senior year, I lost to the champ in the semifinals, two time champ. And then I lost uh, for, in third, for third. I lost to so the third and fourth. So like I said all my losses are to quality opponents. So that was right. a good run. Absolutely, and I think everyone who's a wrestler understands like the magnitude of like wrestling in New Jersey, and then just how difficult it is to make it out of California in general. So yeah, uh, this is a test to like your skill even more. You know, one champ out there, one, one champ, champ in that state, a uh, huge state of California. There's only one champ. It's crazy. One, one champ, multiple qualifiers. You know, you so. get to the California state tournament, and you can meet a guy you never even heard of. Right. From the other side yep. of so, de- so definitely a test to like your skill. So, uh, when did you start wrestling? 
I actually started wrestling in seventh grade. So I started wrestling late. You know, my younger brother, uh, Jim, he actually wrestled before I did. And I, uh, you know, I was playing basketball at the time. I was, yeah. I was a hoop star, you know, you could tell, right? Not going on. Not going on. <laughs> and uh, I just went to one of his matches one time. I was like, this is actually pretty cool, man. So I gave it a shot. And That's I just I picked, I picked it up picked it up pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like so for context for everyone who's not a wrestler, like starting at seventh grade is kind of late for wrestling. Uh, most of the people who wrestle in college and higher uh, start when they're like very very young. So. Um, that that's awesome. I didn't know that because I started ninth grade, you know, and um, I, I didn't know you started seventh grade. So even even shows more of like a test of like your ability to like, kick it up, you know. Thanks, man. Yeah. So you know, it's a sport that did you know did wonders for me. You know, got me a college education. You know, got, you know, got me to that college where I actually met my wife, and like it's just it just it's just a snowball effect of where I am today. Obviously, so absolutely. I think in any wrestler, like honestly, we will all say the same thing. You know, like like wrestling changed my life for the better. You know, and in many many different aspects. For sure, when I used to recruit guys for, fo- for like off the football team, or you know, just try to get inspire guys to wrestle. You know, I would say things like, you know, wrestling doesn't have. I'm not asking wrestling to be your favorite sport, your number one sport, but I guarantee you this. This is something you can guarantee, and that anybody wants to argue with me is just it's nonsense. Wrestling is the only sport out there that will make you better at your favorite sport. If you wrestle and you're a baseball player. You're going to be a better baseball player because you wrestled. Absolutely. You know, if you if you wrestle and play football, you're going to be a better football player because you wrestled. Like it's just it's that kind of sport from a physical and mental you know uh, capacity. You know, absolutely. And I was just on a podcast last week for like career football player, and um, he's coaching now at the high school level, and he's like, hey, like I, I just wanted you on, and I wanted all the young boys to know, like, hey, like you getting into wrestling will only make you better in football. And um, I, I saw that in my life. I even got better in, in like all all the sports I played because I wrestled. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, like I said, I think it's one of the builder sports that are definitely uh, help with your, like, awareness. And it's sure. just, like, all around, like, mental toughness. So. Yep. And that's how, so, like, so obviously, like, you, you went to college, you wrestled. Where'd you wrestle at? Uh, I went to, like, Coleman College, uh, Division three school, upstate PA, uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Little League World Series, tough area, you know that. And, uh, yeah, wrestled there all four years, got my degree, four-year four starter there, two-time NCAA qualifier, took fifth. My junior year, lost in the blood round my senior year. But they changed, funny story, they changed the weight class in the middle of my senior year. They did, the bizarre, the which was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I was 118 freshman, sophomore, junior year, and half a senior year. And halfway through the year, you know, they, that's back when, you know, like three three kids died within a year yeah. from cutting weight. And it was, it was pretty serious, you know, and I get why they did what they did. I just didn't see a need to eliminate that 118 pound weight class in the middle of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, we, we were all down. We had five returning All-Americans. Only one of them placed just because we were all wrestling up a weight class. So it was, yeah. pretty, it was pretty, pretty unfortunate. I'm not looking for excuses because, you know, I was right there in the board round. I had a chance to win a match, and I didn't. So That's crazy. I didn't I didn't know they did that. Yep. Yeah, it was bizarre. Wow. It was bizarre. So so after you uh, wrestled in college, did you matriculate and then immediately start coaching? I did. I, I did. I, I, was, I, I became an educator. I was teaching. I was teaching elementary school. And I was coaching at a high school, coached at Camden Catholic, my alma mater. Oh, coach. immediately? Yep. Yeah, I was oh. assist, assistant coach right out of college. I, was, uh, I came out and, and was an assistant coach on my my coach's staff, Gary Pop, who's a Hall of Fame coach. He has, you know, over like 500 coaching wins. Like, he's just, you know, anybody in New Jersey wrestling knows who Gary Pop is. And yeah. people around the country kind of know who he's too. But um, 
So I, I learned a lot from him, and just not just coaching, but life. You know, he was he's a he's a huge mentor for me. Absolutely. So so immediately you came out of like college, and you immediately were like he took you under his wing. You were yep. an assistant coach, hit the ground yeah. running. Yep. How long were you doing that? Uh, I was an assistant there for uh, five years, and then um, I took an assistant coaching job at a public school uh, nearby. It was a little closer to where I was teaching, and then. Um, a year after that, I got offered a head coaching position at another high school, Cinnaminson, which is another South Jersey high school. I coached there for four years, and then um, and then went back to Camden Catholic as the head coach. How how was it taking the rings of like from being coming an assistant to a head coach? Like, was it different? I guess it was it was really cool. The, you know, the, the the beauty of my growth into a head coach was that like Coach Papo very much groomed me to be a head coach. Yeah. So he. You know, as a fatherly figure and and a mentor, he kind of like you know he would he would put responsibilities on me and he would correct me and he'd be hard on me if I was doing it wrong and he would fix it and he'd tell me why he wouldn't he wouldn't just say you have to do it this way yeah. he'd say this is why you have to do it this way you know and so learning from him and him putting me in positions to be a head coach like at those type of uh, opportunities it I kind of just hit the ground running when I when I got into that position I wasn't. You know, I was very confident. I was mature. I was, you know, some guys become head coaches a little too early or, the, the, you know, I, I felt like it was, it was a perfect time for me. I was mature. I learned so much from him and I was ready to take it. So, Absolutely. so why is, why, why do you think grooming for like being coming a head coach or being groomed for a leadership role is like super important? You can't substitute somebody else's life experiences and you just can't. And if they have the, uh, the willingness to take you under their wings and share them and, 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 and give you reasons, like I said, why and why not, you know, there's no substitute for that, and, and along with the experience. Like like I said, the five the five years as a, an assistant coach under him and then the one additional year as an assistant coach in um, another school, you know, six years as an assistant coach, you know, with the mentality that I want to be a head coach someday, you know, and kind of where, where I am today, like, you know, while I don't, while I didn't come into this role, I don't know. We'll get to this in a little bit. I didn't come into this role with a lot of college experience. I had no college coaching experience, but I had other experiences, you know, as an administrator and stuff like that. They're kind of like, you know, irreplaceable, you know, and I use those to my advantage. I, I agree. Like when I, when I met you, I was like super impressed with like how you ran the program. You re- immediately ran it like a high level program. Uh, off jump because like uh, again you understand and we both understand like this is a business at this level like these kids know how to wrestle so let's refine them how can we manage them get them ready for life at the same time you know and um so when when i met you i'm like oh this guy he gets it you know and you were humble at the same time because you know hey i've been around you know the d2c you were always like ask me for my opinion and stuff which which was like humbling for me because i think you got it you know i was like oh yeah he definitely knows what he's doing he knows how to warm these guys up he knows how to give them he gets the wrestling part you know um, and then he gets to managing people part. So I'm like, you're here, you know, and I really mean that. Thanks, man. I think I, I think I fooled you with the old fake it, take make it <laughs> adage, you know. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I think uh, there was obviously there's some some like some things you'd like to learn about like just the collegiate like rules and stuff like that. But imagine the managing part is the hardest part, and you had it, yeah. You know? And um and like I said, you were humble. You were humble to ask questions about stuff, you know. Um, I think that was that's super dope because again, I'm still being groomed. You know, when I came into the world, you know, because I had the opportunity, like I said, like, you know, Coach Dole had left Jesuit and, you know, we, you know what we did the year before that. And it was like, I, I wasn't ready, you know, I wasn't ready for something like that, you know, and I think he, he knew that too, you know. So while we were interviewing head coaches and stuff like that, I seen a plethora of like 
people, you know, some with more experience, some with less, you know, um, we end up obviously like Danny Irwin is doing an amazing job now at uh, West Liberty. But For yeah, sure. I, I put you up there with him and Coach Doyle, honestly. I appreciate it. And then, yeah. you know, I have, I can't, you know, I appreciate the comparison, but I, you know, I, I'm not comparing myself to other people. I just want to, yeah. you know, continue to plug away and, and be, you know, be the best I can be and Absolutely. go from there. Absolutely, man. Like, like I said, like super impressed with you, you know, from, from the beginning. So that just like, again, like, like you're an amazing coach. I was impressed. You know, like I said, it, it was heartbreaking when, when you left, man, it was heartbreaking, yeah. but I, I know you had to do what you had to do. And I, I, you know, but you know, like I said, like we had a good thing. So. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, going back to like the, the, the grooming experience. So you end up eventually being head coach. So like, what was your, <clears> like your, your high school coaching career like? up until the point when you, like, took the lead? I mean, from a humble standpoint, or do you want me to, like, just come out and... Say it. Give it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, I ran my high school teams just like I, like you see it, you know? Yeah. You know, just, just at a, you know, a different personal level, just knowing that they're high school, you know, 14, 15-year-olds as opposed to 18, 19, 19-year-olds getting into a program, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, but the intensity and the expectations were always there. And the biggest thing from, you know, being a leader of a team or whatever is, is another L and that's learning. You know, you have, you have to constantly be willing to learn and it comes with, you know, you know, I always say the three L's of leadership are look, listen, and learn. I mean, you have to be, you have to just see what's around you. You have to just absorb everything, you know, the people, the environment, you have to listen to people, you know, and learn, you know, and uh, you know, a lot of times leaders, leadership is too much, you know, talking at people or whatever, this is the way it is. And it's, you know, so I think from going back to coaching in high school, I took over a program that had, I think the year before, I think they had 11 or 12 guys on a team. And then, you know, we went the next year, we had, you know, a full varsity team and, and um, almost a full JV team. And then the year after that, we had, a you know, and, and each year we, we built the numbers up. And each year, you know, we went from being, you know, we finished the year, my first year in there, we finished the year in like the bottom half for the top 20. In South Jersey, and in South Jersey, and then by the time I left to go back to Camden Catholic after my fourth year, we were we were ranked fourth in South Jersey. So um, we were a top five team, and we had uh, two state place winners that year. So it was just you know just continue to build. So like so you're confident in your ability like to, to build organizations to build you know young men into you know future like soon to be adults like so like look listen learn that's like one of your coaching philosophies. Like what what else do you use to like build programs? I think, you know, I think having a, having a vision that makes sense and that you can con- consistently relate to and, and don't just have it there, you know, this is our vision and then we don't ever visit it, you know. You know, we since I've been here, we have to raise the bar, right? We have the, the acronym for the for, for raise, you know, respect, accountability, integrity, self-control and excellence, right? So we constantly revisit those things. And even when I go back, and when I meet with all the guys at the end of the year, you know, we discuss those five things uh, individually. When I meet with them individually at the end of the year, we discuss like, and I have them self-evaluate. I have them evaluate themselves on how they, you know, build those in, in their year. So it's it's important to have a vision. It's important to give them the why, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's what I know about you too. Good. Yeah, I mean that's what I that's what I noticed about you too. You immediately had a vision, and it like none of your goals were like crazy, but like, it's like guys had to dig, you had to, you had to dig deep for this, you know? And, um, I was immediately on board with your vision, man. And, um, so that's something I did notice immediately about you, honestly. Thanks. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's important. And I think it's, you know, the other important thing, um, and we really dialed in on this this year, was not so much, you know, what are our goals at the end of the year? Like, I mean, everybody wants to be a national champ. Everybody wants to qualify for national. What are you doing every day? Like, what, what do we do? We talk about for practice. Like, um, we, even start, we even started listening to an audio book with, you know, sports psychology and stuff like that. So it was really, you know, guys are really starting to connect and utilize it. And it was real important. So, you know, what are you doing every day? What are you doing in the classroom? What are you doing, you know, in practice? And, like, really focusing on the moment. Like, when you're in practice, what happened in class or what happened with your girlfriend or whatever, that doesn't, doesn't matter. You have an hour and a half to get the job done. If you waste any time, you know, being down on yourself because of things happening, you know, you know, whether it's something, you know, like I said, you broke up with your girlfriend and that, or you got a bad, you know, you get a bad go early in practice and you're let that affect the rest of your practice. Like you can't, you can't let that happen. You got to be dialed into the moment and, get, and make the most out of it. So. No, no, I agree. And um, I concur. You know, I use that example a lot when I talk to guys, you know, it's like, you know, because like, uh, I feel like, like these younger guys, you can obviously like something's wrong with them. You can visually see it on them, even in practice, you know, and it's like, let's, let's be here right now, you know, and yeah. we can talk after so I think that I think that's like super cool. So uh, obviously, like that's what you did on the coaching side, but on your like your full time job at the time side, you were like teacher, administrator, uh, principal. Yeah, yeah. So I started as a uh, like I said, fifth grade teacher. Then I I taught fifth grade for six years, and then then I um taught in the middle school in the same district. It was a one school district, K to eight. So I taught in the middle school for five years, and then you know while halfway through my middle school. Uh, tenure there, I acquired my uh, master's degree in um, educational leadership. And by the end of my fifth year teaching middle school, so I you know, had 11 years teaching experience combined, the school board hired me as their principal and superintendent for this the dual role. So I had, you know, I went right from the classroom to lone leader, you know, yeah. and I, I know, I know assistant or anything like that. It was just, you know, but it was, but I, but, but I was familiar with everything. Like I knew yeah. the school district and I knew all the parents, I knew all the kids, I knew the teachers, like they knew me. So that part was easy. It was, it was learning, you know, how to be an educational leader and, you know, how to get, you know, the state, you know, the state goals to connect with our goals, to connect with the, cl- the classroom teachers, things like that. And it's just that stuff and all the paperwork and all yeah. the craziness of dealing with parents and stuff like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So again, so like, I think that, that <clears throat> is to like your ability to like manage people understand and meet the students where they're at you know i, I think that due dividends for you in your role now but like that's crazy so you're a principal and superintendent at the same time yeah like i said it was a really small school district okay. there was only, there were there were only 150 kids in the school okay all right it's a very small school but i was there for four years I, I held that role for four years and then i moved into another school district in the county actually the town where i lived in marlton Shame township uh, i became a principal in a huge elementary school there yeah. and that's where i really learned like i mean, I mean the relationships i built and in my first job and, and, and the experience i have are, are, are irreplaceable but the five years that i spent in the ucm was like that's where i really learned like how to manage because it was you know where i was i only had 150 students in the school i was at right yeah i go to this school and i have you know 600 students okay 600 students and no VP. So it's just me, you know, and plus managing, you know, 60, 65 adults, you know, between teachers and, and support staff and stuff like that. So, you know, being involved in the educational community, you know, just building relationships with those teachers, with the students, with the parents, like the, like that setting, it really set me up for, I think, 
I think it was just a continuous, you know, growth. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like just like the career progression was there for you. That, and um, that's that's awesome. So you did that. So you were a principal superintendent, principal for like nine years. Total, yeah, nine years. Nine yep. years total. And then you was like, I want to make the leap to go to rural West Virginia. The <laughs> and then why? Are we, and here we are. Why are we here? Right. Right. That's why. Why? Why, why did we meet? How, why are we having this conversation today? Why are we right? this conversation? So, it's just wild, man. It's just wild to think about it. Like when I was coaching high school. I definitely wanted to be a college coach. Like yeah. that's something that I felt like, you know, I'll coach high school for a few years and then like start, start scratching the surface at the collegiate level. Um, one of my good friends is the head coach at, at Ryder, John, John Hangey, you know, known each other for many, many years. And, uh, you know, he's, he's also, you know, from the collegiate coaching perspective, he's, he's one of my mentors as well. The guy I look at, I, I, I look to a lot, but, you know, we would have conversations, you know, about, you know, me being as assistant, things like that, you know, back, yeah. way back, you know. And then my career came kind of at a crossroads. I, I made a decision that I thought was best for my family to become an administrator, right, and move into, yeah. you know, principalship and stuff like that. So that was like, you know, I was 32 when I made that decision, right? So, you know, I made that decision. It was a good financial decision. It was a good career move. Uh, but that pretty much eliminated my competitive coaching at that point. Like, I, I stopped coach. I stopped coaching uh, I stopped coaching high school at the time. I was coach, I was only coaching club, you know, because it was it was a little easier to do, you know, yeah. at, you know, my own hours. And I became a re- uh, high school referee, things like that, you know, uh, things that I could control my hours. So I was still very involved with the sport. Like I was involved with the sport seven days a week. Yeah, it was, but it was just different capacity. You know, I, I was on my own. You know, but yeah, then you know, I just kind of got the itch, and you know, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm not I'm not getting any younger, but I'm not old. I'm still, you know, so I talked to a couple coaches that I knew and I said, look, is this, is it unrealistic to think that I can pull this off and, and, and make, make the leap. And, you know, I, I had a ton of support and, you know, and those guys continued to support me all the way through the process. And here we are. Yeah. And, that, and that's awesome. Like, I think that's like, that shows radical faith. You know, you, you be, you be able to create a vision for yourself and for your family because they came with you, right? My family has been unbelievable throughout this whole process, you know. And even we get here, right? And like, you know, we start having a little bit of success, and all of a sudden, COVID hits, right? And it just like throws everything for a loop. I mean, for everybody, not just me, but like, when you take a leap of faith like that, just uproot your whole family, uproot your whole family, and then what? Nine months later, you know, this this crisis happens. It totally changes everything. It's just wild, man. But throughout the whole time, you know, not one, you know. There's never been like we we can't do this together. We can't go. We have to go back. This isn't like no, none of that has come from now. So yeah. no, that's awesome. So to give everyone listening context, uh, Coach Bowling moved from New Jersey up in the north to Elkins, West Virginia, to take on a new Division Two wrestling program uh, where we eventually crossed paths. Um, so drastically different from what Jersey looks like. And again, leaving you know a, a nice principal position, you know, being involved with the sport to you know fully being this uh, at the Division Two level. And having having a success, you know, so that's where me and you met. So, like I said, I told you immediately the things that stood out with me, just like your ability, to, like communicate. Not only communicate, but you were able to like disseminate it well to the to the athletes. So the athletes also knew what was going on, you know, whether it was the group chat, you know, we tried teams, we tried that app we had. I you always made us aware the coaching staff of what was going on. So like I was just like you know like super impressed and um and the fact that you just you know you you let me in a circle. So just like, you know, made me family, you know, and, and that means the world to me. I appreciate it, man. And that's, that's important. That's important to build your program, you know? Yeah. Um, and you see it like, and I stress this all the time, you know, 
probably once a week. I probably hit it probably too hard with the guys, but nobody in that room is more important than the other guy. Yeah. And, that, and that, that includes me. Like I'm no more important to this program and where this goes than, you know, our third string 133 pounder or whatever, you know, everybody in that room has equal stake, you know, and if everybody's not pulling their weight, you know, and doing their job every day, you know, the, the program's suffering and so are you as a person. So, you know, just getting people to buy into that mentality, you know, and that's why, you know, I trusted you with things, you know, yeah. that, that maybe you felt like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I might not be ready for this. I can't believe coaches let me do this, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. I mean, I, I don't know if I was ready to, to just take, you know, Jamie Joss had to have a huge leap of faith to take, you know, a shot with me, have no college experience and say, okay, yeah. we're going to start our program with this guy, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's just having that kind of faith and, and continuing to follow your know, vision and, and other people jump on board. No, absolutely. I think, and I think it was like divine intervention. It only had to be God that like we had the culture staff that we had, you know, and, you know, wild, like, man. you came in with all your years of like experience, you know, cause like even like guys at the college level who, you know, take on programs don't have the amount of experience you have, you know, to be honest at the, at the vast amount of levels you have. Right. So then you got you, then you got like me, I just come off, you know, uh, with a top 10, top 15 program for a few years, you know, finished competing, you know, I think that having someone a little younger, uh, closer to the guys that, you know, just matriculate is like valuable. 100%. You um, to the staff. And you got a coach wing who's like quiet, but super knowledgeable about the sport, who's just impressionable with his presence. You know, Cornell, uh, Russell at Cornell, you know, um, and then we got coach Romero who's just like, he's just like a great guy. Does anything for the team. Yeah. Does anything for the team. Yeah. Yeah, you he's know? the man. You know, and then what I also noticed about you is, like I said, you you identify quickly the skills that people had, you know. So you're like, hey, JB, like, uh, you know, uh, how about you start the you know, team Instagram, you know? And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. I would love to do that, you mm-hmm. know. And you, you didn't yep. even know me that, that long to, like, even, like, identify it, but you knew, you know. Yep. So and how you identify guys to, like, do support roles, you know, that weren't wrestling until they you know, made way. Like, Sora will come in and, like, help, you know manage the team you had you know had, uh record the matches because you know that was valuable you know so you know so yeah thanks man i mean i can't i was super impressed with you from day one as well you know the time you sat across from me and you know in my office and we you know just kind of i think we, like you said we hit the ground running man just just that conversation that just segued to a you know great year and we were extremely blessed like you said it was like the perfect storm for all four of us to like kind of meet and come together and you know that's one of the main reasons our program had a ton of success the first year. Oh, absolutely. So now we're, we're post COVID. Like what are your goals going into the next season? What was the team looking like? How was recruiting, you know, during the pandemic? You know, what was that like? Uh, well, during the pandemic, I just, uh, I think I just tried to use my time wisely, you know, when we couldn't be in the room you know, I just switched gears and, and tried to hit recruiting hard, you know, yeah. and it paid off. It showed, you know, we ended up, like I said, we ended up with 14 guys in this recruiting class. Yeah. So our room's gonna have we're gonna have 32 guys in the room next year, and it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. I mean, you, you just picture you know what you saw with the 17 we had the first year, right? Yeah. The 16, 16 or 17, the intensity that was there, and you just imagine you know that doubled now. You know, just just guys going at it, and like you know, you know, college wrestling is college wrestling, and you know your job is never safe. You have to earn everything now. You know, everything. you get you get you get what you earn, and and now it's really going to, you know, come to fruition. You know, there's going to be, you know, we're going to be three, maybe four deep in some weights. And, you know, guys are going to have to really step up. And I think that's going to be, you know, on me 
and also the coaching staff to, you know, make sure guys are continuing to bring it every day, wherever, wherever they're falling, wherever they feel, you know, the role is on the team to make sure they feel valued because they are, you know. No, absolutely. And I think it goes like, like again, like earn, not given, you know, and um, what, well, also, you know, kind of backtracking, like when I first met you, uh, again, you immediately had like a, a really good roster, you know, but it was always like, you know, let's continue to like build, you know. And um, not just not kind of like you, you know, proud, you know, but just like becoming like not becoming satisfied, you know, like you said, having a roster over thirty guys as a second. Well, what's his third year? Third year coming up. Third year coming up. Yeah. So technically, third year with thirty guys, you know. Yep. You know, and um, and I'll I'll give you my vision at the end of this of what I what I what I definitely know is going to happen for the team. But um, so so for you, so like again, so you like a crystal ball? You have a crystal ball right there. I have a crystal ball. One of those one of those magic eight balls. You like shake them up and you you know it's safe. I have a crystal ball. I do, man. And, and, then the, and the thing about it is, like, even more like profound about like what was what happened at DNE is like it's consistent and it's a trend, you know, so like, steady progress, you know. And um, right. you know, that's why I think it like speaks volume. But like, so what, what are you what are you looking at? You got thirty plus guys in a room this year. Uh, like, how how do you plan on like taking like this momentum coming out of um, the pandemic? Because I think there was some pros to you know having that time to like develop the mindset. Like, how are you going to take that into the next season? I mean. You know, what, what, if these guys look at themselves in the mirror, especially the guys that, you know, everybody went through it, whether they were in college or high school or, or another school or whatever, whoever, the 32 guys that are there went through COVID in some way, right? So how are you, you going to look back on that and say, I'm a, I'm a better person now, I'm a better wrestler, I'm a harder worker, I have a stronger mentality, I can get through anything. So, like, if you can get through a year like that, like, there's no stopping you in terms of in, in terms of working hard every day and, and, and achieving your goals. So... <clears throat> I think that's that's big and continue to do what we what we've done. I mean, I've learned a lot in my, you know, two years here, but I also one of the things I also learned is that I, you know, what I'm doing and what, what we're trying to do here in terms of like, you know, building a program and the and the vision that we have, it is working. I mean, with that we definitely need to tweak some things. It's not a perfect system. You know, I still have to, you know, there's there are some there's some still give and take that, that I have to kind of uh, balance out a little bit, but I think that, you know, but first and foremost, the guys on the team are just phenomenal guys. You know, it's just a great, it's a great group. It's a, it's a great foundation that we had. And then this recruiting class coming in is just, you know, it's going to bring it to another level. So, you know, it's just, um, you know, the sky's the limit for the, for these guys, you know. That's amazing. No, well, well, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out. So for everyone listening, like what's one thing you can give them that help them just improve their life? You know, mindset, how to step out on radical faith you know, how to create a vision for themselves? Like, what's, what's something you can give them? I think one of the big things that you know, I learned this year uh, that I started, we started talking about, and, I, and, I, and it's been something that I've really taken to, is control what you can control. You know, control, control the controllables. You know, try not to lose too, too much sleep on things you can't control. You know, it's, you know, oftentimes you like wake up think about something you know can't do anything about it you can't do anything about it with laying in bed right you know if it yeah. helps you write it you know if it helps you write it down and you know keep a notepad and something next to your bed just write it down or whatever you know that kind of like that and then you can get it off your mind and say i'll take care of that when i can but like really focus on what you can control like again i, I, I touched on it earlier you know when you're in class you know you should be focusing on class class is the most important thing and and that sounds weird to say this but you shouldn't even think about wrestling you know, you should be thinking, you, know, you should be getting, you know, you're, in, you're in class for an hour, you know, whatever a day, get, get, get your stuff done in class, focus, learn, you know, make yourself a better person that way. You know, when it comes, when it comes time to get your supplemental workouts in, to get your lifts in, 
that's the only thing that matters. Get that done. You know, when you're with your family, you know, on, on breaks or whatever, enjoy your time with your family. That's your family time. You know, nothing's more important than family. So just control your controllables and focus on what's in front of you. And I think if you continue to do that, and, you know, I just, that's just a pretty simple way to, you know, get through life and be successful. Absolutely. Awesome advice. Awesome advice. You know, so we're going to, we're going to close out the podcast here, but before we go, I want to say DNE top 15. Top 15. All right. 15. I like it. I'll top take 15. it. All right. Hey, thanks everyone for joining us. How many all Americans do we have? Ah, uh, okay. Five. Oh, five all Americans. Five all Americans. <laughs> I'm flying you out here and buying you dinner if that's the case. That's what I'm saying. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> hey, I appreciate Coach Bone. My man, it was a pleasure. It's always good to you know, talk to you and hear from you. I miss you, man. I miss you too. I miss you too. And um, Good luck with everything. And good luck with this. This is cool. Wow, Coach Boland had hella gems in that episode. He's just seasoned. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing. He understands what it is to coach at this level. And he understands what it means to manage people and to help these young men become better men for others. So I'm super excited he was able to jump on. And like, like Coach Boland, I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you for always supporting me. And just from when I met you, you took me under your wing. So thank you so much. Everyone who's listening, please continue to play this episode over and over and over again because of all the gems that are in it. Okay, so thank you for listening for the Masses Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my mother, Alfreda Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever and forever.